This is Lex Kibernetica, the cyber law podcast by the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. Lex Kibernetica. Ever wonder what fake news is? You are fake news. It is summer 2018, and this is Lex Kibernetica, the cyber law podcast of the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. Today we will talk fake news with our esteemed guests. Hi, I'm Professor Barak Medina. I'm from the Faculty of Law at the University of Jerusalem. Dr. Nicholas John from the Department of Communication at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. Dr. Tehila Schwartz-Altschuler from the Israel Democracy Institute and the Federman School of Public Policy, Hebrew University of Jerusalem. And this is important to emphasize, fake news in, in itself is not a new uh, phenomenon. Of course not. Uh, the question of framing news and being totally objective in uh, mediating the news um, has has been following uh, uh, us uh, for for decades now. But I think what we should uh, emphasize as for today is that the most effective uh, uh, form of fake news involved meddling with trust, uh, not meddling with speech uh, itself. And so Fake news today doesn't really look much like the old, the old forms of uh, of media framing. They look more like coordinating uh, coordinated harassment and hate speech campaigns, uh, which harness the dynamics of viral outrage. They look more like epidemics of disinformation that meant to undercut the credibility of valid sources of information. Fake news has been uh, haunting us uh, in the couple last couple of years uh, as a new term that describes something that is not just fake news, but also the dissemination of fake news in social media. So Nick, what is fake news at the present moment? It's a hard term to define because it's being used in so many different ways by different people. One use of the term, this is also Donald Trump's use of the term, uh, where it's employed to talk about all news that is critical of Netanyahu in this instance, or Trump when he uses the term. It's a derogatory term for the news media. It's a term for, it's a, absolutely, it's a derogatory term for the news media almost in its entirety. Uh, it's quite shocking, really, that a prime minister uh, would uh, just discount all of the uh, investigative journalists and reporting journalists who are working hard to uh, to serve democracy and bring the truth to light. Uh, but this is his use of the term fake news. Uh, this isn't where the term started. Uh, it, it, start, it, it has been used to mean um, items that are meant to look like news, uh, but which are not produced by journalists, uh, which have not gone through any kind of journalistic fact-checking, uh, and then are published um, online uh, with the intention to deceive, uh, when in fact it may just be, or it is just content that is entirely made up. The question I think many many are asking is, should we fight fake news? Should we censor? Should we try to shut it down? For this, I think we need to understand how social media provide us with content. Uh, we first of all need to remember that when we talk about social media, we're talking about commercial companies whose objective is to keep us on their platforms for as long as possible. They convert the time we spend on their platforms into the ability to provide us with 
targeted adverts. So the objective of, the, of, of Facebook and of Twitter is to keep us on the platform. How do they do that? By providing us with content that they think we will find interesting. Not true, not useful, not anything else. Interesting. Interesting, which is measured through a whole series of metrics. For instance, how often a piece of content is liked or shared or retweeted or how many comments. Engagement. This for, the, for the social media people, the word is uh, engagement. Engagement in the sense that we are not just passive um, consumers of that uh, information, that data, that um, piece of content, but we also do something with it. We interact, we um, uh, push it uh, forward to other people. Yes, that we, we might share it on Facebook, we might retweet it on Twitter. Uh, of course, Facebook knows if we've stopped scrolling down the page to read a, a, a certain piece of content, but... We know that they're counting likes and shares and retweets uh, and so on. And when they identify a piece of content as uh, uh, as popular, as interesting, then they will promote that. We know that uh, our Facebook feed isn't just a, uh, everything that our Facebook friends have done on the site in chronological order. We know that Facebook ranks all of the content it could show us and shows us the content that it thinks we'll be most interested in. Uh, and so when they see that a piece of content is gaining interest among our friends, among other Facebook users, then, then Facebook's algorithm may put that in front of us. And once it's in front of us, then we may engage with it and spread it further. And this is how content is amplified through social media. But it's important to understand that Facebook and Twitter and all of them are entirely agnostic as to the content that they're promoting. Facebook's algorithm doesn't see fake news. Facebook's algorithm sees popular content that people are engaging with and remaining on the site. There was also a way for creators of fake news to make money, uh, which was another incentive. One of the things we learned during the election campaign in the United States in 2016 was that there was a group of um, bored teenagers in Montenegro, I think it was, who started creating fake news. Uh, who started making up news stories, for instance, the Pope endorses Donald Trump, uh, and, and putting that out onto Facebook. Uh, what they found was that fake news that attacked uh, Hillary Clinton and supported Donald Trump was more popular than fake news that attacked Donald Trump and supported Hillary Clinton. So they churned out more fake news that was pro-Trump, and they were able to monetize this, uh, because by attracting eyeballs, you're able to attract advertising dollars. So now we know why fake news works. Um, and since uh, fake news is uh, so successful and so um, is perceived to be dangerous to democracy, should we, should we do something about it? Should we try to shut it down? Barack? Of course, it's very tempting uh to try to fight against uh, fake news uh, by using uh, authoritative powers. But I think that we should be very cautious uh, and at the end of the day, avoid using uh, our powers in order to uh, prevent distributing, distributing false information. So, so in a sense, you're saying that uh, we need to keep the freedom of speech of the uh, fake newsers as well as people who speak the truth. Right. I, I, of course, there, there is this uh, 
it it is very disturbing the fact that uh, people can influence the agenda by the, uh, disseminating false information however the cost of trying to prevent distributing information or providing the government with the power to uh, censor <clears throat> false information or to provide what may seem like an authoritative authoritative uh, information is too costly um I think that we should uh, put our trust on counter speech, on the, the fact that, you know, technology works both ways. It's not only that the uh, evil powers have access to this new technology, uh, but the population in general uh, may also utilize this uh, new technology. So you're saying fight fake news with real news? Well, again, I, I'm uh, hesitating with using the word real news. Uh, what's real and what's wrong is, is often something uh, for public discourse. It's, uh, we should avoid uh, using these titles fake and real. We should uh, prevent this um, speech or uh, curtail free speech only when there, there is a clear risk that uh, Of some uh, evil that might happen that cannot be avoided uh, by uh, counter speech and you do not see you don't you do not see that evil happening in this case right I think that you know if there, there is no incitement to violence or uh, incitement to unlawful activities uh, with a clear and present danger that something wrong uh, bad will happen we should uh, encourage uh, counter speech the government should be Uh, may want to uh, help us by requiring uh, full disclosure of uh, who is saying what or uh, provide us uh, better um, forums to express our views, to have the forums more accessible to the general public, but should avoid uh, using uh, censorship or things like that because, you know, it's, it's very often the case that, that what seems like... Uh, fake news is criticism against the government even if if the criticism is is wrong it may bring into uh, the discourse important ideas it may require us to think anew of of uh, what we view as entrenched truth and I think it's you know the risk at the other side of uh, preventing speech is much higher than the the risk of Of, uh, that we face uh, through uh, fake news. And you're talking about the government, what it should and shouldn't do, but companies work, uh, uh, but companies operate with different uh, incentives. And some companies have already started blocking um, uh, extremists and fake news and bots. And do you think that, would you go as far as to say that we should discourage the... Um, commercial companies that run our social networks and our uh, public forums public digital forums uh, we should we discourage them from um, um, fighting the fight against fake news yeah I, I think we should distinguish between uh, distributing false information and issues of incitement to racism or to violence or things like that in the case of incitement, Uh, there is a, a good argument uh, for avoiding this kind of uh, <clears throat> activity and uh, I would encourage 
self-censorship in, in, in the sense of preventing incitement because of the clear harm that might result from it. Uh, in contrast, when we are talking about uh, distributing false information, I think uh, we should be much more tolerant. And the question is, should we regulate uh, private companies, private firms or not? I, I think that the distinction between public and private uh, should be blurred. It's, you know, uh, the private companies, entities have so much uh, control over the public forums and that uh, I think we should require them or at least encourage them to uh, be much more open to uh, conflicting views, to avoid uh, censorship, uh, even if they don't use uh, governmental powers. I think that uh, it is important to make sure that we have sufficient forums to present uh, conflicting uh, views. Tehila, you have a slightly different view of what we should do about fake news. Yes, but I, first of all, I think we need to um, uh, put the basis or at least the conceptual uh, basis because uh, uh, for me... Um, all of what we're, we've been discussed so far invalidates much of what we think about free speech, both, both conceptually and legally and, and ethically. What Nick has, uh, has mentioned before uh, is that Facebook and YouTube and, and Twitter, for them, all speech, whether it's a breaking news story or an animal video or an anti-Semitic meme or a clever advertisement for razors, is nothing but content. And the thing is, I think, that should be emphasized here is, uh, allow me to quote uh, uh, Jonathan Swift, Swift, who wrote uh, Gulliver's Travels, that falsehood flies and the truth comes limping after it. So this was maybe a hyperbole three centuries ago, but it is a factual description of social media today. And I just want to mention one ambitious uh, study that was published just a a few days ago uh, in Science. This study found that falsehood consistently dominates uh, the truth on Twitter. Fake news and false, false rumors reach more people, penetrate deeper into the social network and spread much faster than accurate news stories. And I want to add just one more thing that has to do with uh, fake news as well, because to a similar degree, if you look at YouTube's autoplay feature, which lets videos, let's say about vegetarianism, lead to videos about veganism, and, and videos about jogging lead to videos about running ultra marathons, YouTube may be one of the most powerful radicalizing instruments of the 21st century. It's not only the fake news itself, it's the radicalization of society. The infamous rabbit hole where you start out with watching a cute uh, movie about a cat and then like like five clicks later, you're in some hell of whatever that you've never uh, heard of before. And obviously it's not because a bunch of YouTube or, or Facebook or Twitter engineers are plotting to drive us off a cliff. Cliff, um, a more likely explanation would be um, uh, w- would have to do with a with a nexus of artificial intelligence and the internet companies' uh, business models, as was mentioned uh, uh, before. But it it is very important to say that for all their lofty um, uh, rhetorics. Social media companies are advertising brokers. They're selling our attention to companies that are or, or to people who are willing to pay for it. John Stuart Mill's notion that a marketplace of ideas will elevate the truth is totally belied by the virality of, of fake news. And this should be our starting point when we think whether we should regulate fake news or not. Should we regulate fake news or not? 
Well, the stakes are high, I think. Um, in the past, it took some generations for governments to decide what to do, I, I mean by previous information revolutions. Um, I think um, that th- there should be some political pressure on, uh, um, on social media platforms, for instance, to be more transparent, first of all, about their systems, flaws and vulnerabilities. For instance, when we think about um, uh, the Cambridge Analytica scandal that was exposed just uh, uh, recently, as as a as a creator of autonomy traps for for potential voters here for instance I think that um, uh, tech platforms need to alert the public they need to alert governments as to the extent of the misuse or abuse in uh, of their uh, uh, information to say something bad happened here's how we're gonna make it sure it doesn't happen again uh, seems like a very reasonable thing uh, uh, to me also Also, um, they ought to be precise and transparent regarding the definition, the design, the application of their community standards. And this is, again, something that we don't really see. We, don't, we shouldn't wait for whistleblowers or for creative investigative journalists to know what is going on inside social media uh, platforms. And having said all that, I'm not sure transparency is going to be uh, enough. That it might be that only financial liability and direct threat uh, of feature level regulation will make companies eventually prioritize the kind of decision making uh, that protects society from the harm of fake news. Is it realistic to think that uh, social media companies will embrace transparency and um, that we could really trust them to tell us what's going on behind the scenes? I would think not. Uh, certainly, social media companies are not going to be transparent about the algorithm that ranks content for us. That's their intellectual property. That's their uh, secret sauce. That's how they make money. That's precisely their secret sauce. And of course, if they give away the ingredients, then they expose themselves to ever greater manipulation. And the system is already... open to manipulation and gaming. We saw it after the, the Parkland shooting, where on Google News and on YouTube, within hours, there were uh, offensive fake news stories that the, that the teenagers who were being interviewed were crisis actors. Uh, Google apologized that this, was a, that this was trending on their news. But of course, it was trending on their news, because it's this kind of item that attracts links. It's this kind of item that organized groups uh, from 4chan, from Reddit, from other parts of the internet can uh, click on a link and force it to go trending. Uh, bots can force news items to go trending. So this isn't some kind of bug that the social media companies can work hard to iron out. Fake news is, in a way, a feature of social media. We're talking about freedom of speech versus uh, censorship on social media platforms. But like you said, there is no natural flow of speech. Any, any uh, flow of speech is an algorithm written and run by the social media platform. So any decision they make or avoid making interferes with the flow of speech within the, the network. Well, that's if you buy into uh, Mark Zuckerberg's vision of 
frictionless communication between people, uh, his vision of tech, understanding what we want ahead of time. This also is very much Google's vision that they want to know what we're going to ask before we ask it. But of course, we also have to remember that the algorithms on which these companies uh, are based are, are written by people. They're the consequence of decisions made by uh, employees of these companies where their objective is, as you say, to enable as smooth a flow of information as possible. For instance, they wouldn't countenance the possibility that every piece of content should be checked by a human somewhere. But it's not impossible. It could be done. But the fact that that idea sounds so ridiculous shows how also we have internalized these ideals of immediate uh, communication that, that appears and appears to be and feels frictionless, but is in fact always already mediated. We're talking about big companies, big corporations that even if they might be evil within, they do take responsibility. Mark Zuckerberg uh, apologized vehemently um, all over the media about what happened with uh, Cambridge Analytica. What will happen uh, if and I uh, dare say when countries uh, start telling social networks how to run their business in the sense of uh, the content? So on the one hand, it certainly um, is necessary, as we discussed uh, uh, just now. And I think what's more important is that the solutions of the problems um, of digital uh, discourse shouldn't be left for the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world or their, their artificial intelligence uh, system to decide. We all have a seat at this table, and it's important to emphasize that. Um, but before we start thinking about uh, the forms of regulation and, and, and which forms are appropriate and which uh, institutions should enforce them, we, don't, uh, we shouldn't uh, uh, forget that um, uh, government intervention has its risks too. Uh, first of all, it could totally alter the nature of the internet and social media as we know it. Think about it. Um, if we talk about a gap of a couple of months between um, a time when I, put, uh, uh, when I post a, a, a something on Facebook and, and it is going to be public. Uh, uh, published. Um, I think it's it's important uh, to emphasize that uh, it is no secret that many countries has have exploited technology, not in order to uh, expand the protection of human rights and fight abusive speech and terror, uh, but in order to restrict freedom of citizens, monitor digital uh, activities, uh, deter dissidents. And this is chilling. Um, and any government intervention could include that, considering the fact that politicians always find themselves in a conflict of, interest, of interests when they seek to regulate those whose uh, main function is to, it is to criticize government activities. Um, so we haven't really managed to regulate content outside of the internet. We shouldn't be too optimistic uh, about it now. Um, I think another thing that should be mentioned is the, um, the fact that th a threat of regulation can also lead to an informal collaboration between giant companies and, and governments because governments are afraid of, of problematic content being uh, uh, virally spread. They go to, they threat that they would legislate and then the companies come and say, please simply ask us, we'll remove any offensive content immediately, no need for a legislation, let's just set up a direct channel of, of communication to deal with future incidents. And this has been going on in Israel for the past year and a half without proper transparency or accountability. Neither from the state nor from social media platforms. Absolutely. And for me, if those forces unite, individual rights will be a thing of the past. 
Also, what we need to uh, remember is that legislators have a tendency to address side concerns as opposed to the core issue. And the core issue here is not uh, fake news and is not uh, social media uh, in the sense of, um, of, of, a, communi- of, of, a, of a communication mediator, mediator but rather um, the story of privacy, of what may or may not be done with our personal information. Well, that's all the fake news we have for today. Uh, I would like to thank my esteemed guests, Dr. Tehila Altshuler-Schwarz, Dr. Nicholas John, and Professor Barak Medina. And see you in cyberspace. I'm Ido Kainan. This was Lex Kibernetica. Lex Kibernetica. More episodes are available at the Hebrew University Cybersecurity Research Center site at csrcl.huji.ac.il.